This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh my god! This is alternative history. Why so serious? I'm Batman. Oh, okay. That, well, that, that, that'll explain it. Make some sense? Yeah. So, uh, Rod, I got a pop quiz for you. Shoot. So, I'm going to give you a quote and then a multiple choice. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Was this said A, about the Joker in the Dark Knight, or B, about my two-year-old daughter? Ha! Trick question. <laughs> Both. Yes, yes. She's uh, she's two. Quite so terror, I'm sure. I don't need to explain any more than that. This is alternative history. Yeah, and we are uh, here to talk about. Today we're going to talk about Batman and the Dark Knight. Thesis will be the Dark Knight should have been nominated for an Academy Award for the Best Picture. Yes, it should have, and that's the end of the show. So we'll uh, see. Peace. We'll see everyone next week. But no, yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the, the Oscars, the 2009 Oscars in particular, where it was not nominated for Best Picture. We're going to talk about Batman as well. Batman. Brief history of him. Yep. Before we do that, last week we uh, spoke about Guns and Roses and Chinese democracy. What did you guys think? Hope you guys liked that. You can always reach out to us on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah, Facebook is uh, Alternative History, and Twitter we're at Alt History PC. Let's go with Batman, yeah? Yeah, so let's start out with just a little uh, brief history of Batman. He was created in 1939 by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. His first appearance comes in in Detective Comics number 27, 1939. So I have the DC Encyclopedia here. So I'm just going to read verbatim what it says about him. There's actually a funny line in there that just seems kind of odd. So Batman... He is a master detective with a brilliant deductive mind, quite possibly the greatest martial artist alive. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. He's been alive for a long time. Yeah. Bat costume is bulletproof and fire resistant, feature, featuring a weighted cape and a cowl outfitted with night vision technology and communication arrays. He's, of course, gone under many iterations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, utility belt contains an arsenal of crime-fighting gear, including various types of offensive batarangs, decel jump lines, and grapples. And at one time, for sure, shark repellent. Shark repellent, yeah, because you never know when a shark's going to be gnawing on your leg. The world and is... you need to repellent it off. The world is three-quarters water. They're the baddest They're the baddest <laughs> time flying, so you better be able to repel yeah, them, Yeah, Samuel sure. Jackson knows. Yes. <laughs> Deep blue sea. Where was I? So he's got micro camera, smoke pellets, acetylene torch, gas mask, rebreather, flexi cuffs, among other miniaturized non-lethal weapons. I mean, he sounds like he could be. Uh, I mean, if he didn't, if he wasn't fighting, he could be a bad guy for good. He, uh, he, he could be a real creep. Employs a variety of detective gadgets, including microcomputers and crime scene analysis kits. He maintains a fleet of high-tech and high-powered vehicles, chief among them the Batmobile, the Batcycle, Batboat, Batplane, and the Batcopter. 
<laughs> like, I don't know. Among them. I Chief like among them. Yeah, so there's other ones, but those are the main ones. He's got, uh, you know, bat bicycle, right? I mean, when he's trying to, you know. I know once they had bat ice skates. Probably he's going to, yeah, yeah, in that uh, Schumacher movie. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go over the history of this <laughs> movie soon, but. So, super sophisticated bat cave headquarters, house training facilities. He's got a forensic laboratory computer databases, and maintenance bays for all bat vehicles. His uh, so alter ego is very rich. This is how he can afford yeah, his lifestyle. Yeah, so, uh, so by 1940, uh, Batman has his own comic. And so the gist of Batman is he his parents are murdered. And they, fir- they when he's first introduced in the comics, that's not laid out. It, it's a it, little further into his run. Yeah, sure. Batman number four in winter of 1941. They um, start the mythology of his uh, parents being murdered in front of him. So he's basically raised, he's, his parents are billionaires, multimillionaires, whatever. He's raised by his butler, Alfred Pennyworth, after his parents are murdered. And he basically uses, Alfred is like his man in the chair. Exactly. There have been various incarnations of Batman, but the core story remains the same. He saw his parents mm-hmm. murdered on the streets. Inspired him to fight crime. fight crime, become a vigilante of yep. of some sorts. For the most part, his mantra is not to kill, but that wasn't always the case. Because the original incarnation of Batman killed and had little to no remorse. I saw some YouTube video. We're gonna talk about the movies in a minute, but they showed like you know Batman will never break his rule, and they showed him like essentially killing a ton of people in his movies. Oh like, yeah, he's, he's murdered like it's, tons of folks. Well, I mean, in, in the first Batman movie, Michael, not the first Batman movie, but Michael Keaton's Batman. He, he kills the Joker. And right? like, Spoiler he, alert. He kills right? a whole but, bunch of people in that movie. But yeah, agree. Yeah, anyhow. So, he break his one rule. Yeah, so like when he first, when he was first introduced, he was, he was basically, he was a dark brooding character. He killed without much remorse. He may have used, he, I think he used the gun in those comics. I, I I've never on. read the early comics, I, I but know, anyhow. I don't think so. Robin is introduced in 1940. A Joker is introduced in 1940, and it is later decreed by an editor that Batman could no longer kill or use a gun. So that's where that started uh-huh. in the during the Golden so you're Age. Right. Okay, I didn't know that. After World War II, Batman was removed from a bleak and menacing world and entered uh, into a more bright and colorful world. Colorful world. And Batman is seen as more as a respectable citizen father figure rather than a, Hero, yeah, rather than sure. a uh, you know brooding vigilante who's murdering folks. So, so let me get into the Dark Age, or I'm sorry, the Silver and Bronze <laughs> Age of his comics. He's one of the few superheroes that was continuously published throughout the 50s. So there is this thing in in the 50s. There is a study done that I forget. I don't I forget. I don't know the name of the study exactly, but they basically tried to lay all kind of like juvenile delinquency on comics homosexuality on comics yeah people were so dumb it was yeah exactly and robin and batman and robin were criticized as possibly being homosexual lovers so at one point uh they tried to make him uh, a sunnier lighter batman as the comics uh, it was the comics code authority took hold (laughs) it is pretty fascinating considering that like marvel you know, got huge essentially in 1963. And so yeah. Batman was already doing his shit, like, or doing his stuff well before then. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and just like continuing to more or less be successful. Yeah, he was. Before I mean, Marvel he was, takes off. He was murdering folks before Spider Man. And he's. And the, and the thing is, he's still, he's still hanging out with Superman at this point, right? Which we don't really talk about no more. But, like, he's also probably one of those, like, continuous. There was, I, I believe, in the 40s, they, they had a crossover oh, at yes, some point, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I'm, I am by no, no means a comic book 
connoisseur. Expert. I mean, I yeah, but expert. I, I've gotten in and out of them, mostly out. But uh, this is all you can find this on Wikipedia, folks. So okay, we're yeah. just kind of reading it back for posterity. So during this age, uh, Batwoman... Some think Batwoman was created to combat the perceived homosexuality of Batman and Robin, but yeah, anyhow, that's stupid shit. So Batman, Ace the Bathound, and Batmite are introduced in the nineteen in the late fifties. Ace um, the Bathound. Oh, yeah, that's funny. you've never seen. No. So my dog. Yeah, uh, Beth, I know all the superhero like dog sidekicks, animal sidekicks. Uh, Benson's got a book completely dedicated to it because he loves animals yeah, that's so awesome. that's the funny. only way to get him into superheroes or any kind of comic <laughs> through their was, was through animals <laughs> yeah so that's good, that's good. so uh by uh, 1964 slumping sales prompted bob kane to consider killing off batman hmm. and, but he he did have a slight resurgence in 1966 with the uh, introduction of the campy batman tv show which starring we're all yeah so that was I, I, I was really familiar with that show. We watched it a lot. It was it was one of the few things that was on syndication when we were little kids that was that was cool. Like I remember Gilligan's Island was on and like yeah. a whole bunch of black and white stuff like Mr. Ed and like Green Gate. I was like, well, not Green Gables, but uh, Green Acres. Green Acres. Thank you. Yeah. And then Batman. You know, and Batman was yeah. the show from that era, yeah. which we could watch. That and was fresh was, for sure. So uh, by 1985. Well, throughout this time, you know, sales are slowly going down. And by 1995, 1985, sales reach an all-time low for the Batman comic. Oh, so, okay. so then we get into the modern age. And this is where the the uh, Dark Knight Returns is it, when it's published. I believe it's 1985 um, through Frank. a series of comics. Yeah, Frank, Frank Miller. Miller. Yep. Created a resurgence in his popularity, brought him back to his darker roots. So okay. during this time, you get several comic books that are pretty... Pretty important to the lore of Batman. I think for for our general age range, these are the comics that we know. Um, there's Batman Year One in 1987. 1988 is uh, Batman: The Killing Joke, and um, 1988 is also Death in the Family. Where <laughs> so so they did. I, this has got to be one of the more perverse things done. In comic books, where they basically pulled the fans and were like, "Hey, you want us to kill Robin?" And they all—they probably yes. were like, "Why would they? Why would? Why would? Why would a?" This was before Twitter and Facebook, and we didn't realize that there are a lot of angry, mean, ugly people out in the world. And they all mailed the answers in, mind you. Keep that in mind, but yes, <laughs> they're like, "Kill his ass!" Yes. And not only did they kill him, but as I mentioned, uh, in one yeah. Of the if, episodes, if you listen to uh, uh, the clowns episode, right? He beat him to death. To death, like beat him. To yes. Death. So, so yeah. So uh, they kill Robin. Which which incarnation of Robin was that? I, don't I can't remember. The second one. They had like they had a couple. You're right. We don't even get into that because we don't really talk about Robin. But Robin also is a character with his own vast history, and he is replaced several times. I believe that this is like. I think it's the second. The second one, like now, I forget their names, of course, but whatever. He yeah. murders them. Exactly. Yeah, he did. So, nineteen eighty three, the Nightfall storyline, uh, which introduces Bane, where Batman back. gets his back back broken, and then uh, nineteen ninety six, the Long Halloween. By so, Joseph Lowe. That's a really good comic book. There's there's a lot other. The one thing that you, that you didn't mention that was important in this era. There's an artist named Todd McFarlane. He is famous for doing Spawn. He begins to do some cover work for Batman, and that also coincides in this era of these hardcore comic books and the sales increase. 
So, if we're talking about the Dark Knight, the two main characters, I mean, if you've seen it or you know anything about the movie, the Joker is the main antagonist in the, in the movie. So we're just going to go over a little bit about the Joker. Uh, like I mentioned, he was created in 1940. Uh, he debuted in April of 1940. He was created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry Robinson. He was inspired by Conrad Witt in The Man Who Laughs, who has a perpetual smile. Hmm. I remember so, that movie. Interesting. He initially was a remorseless serial killer, kind of like how he's portrayed now. Mm-hmm. He killed with Joker venom, a toxin with le- a toxin which left his victim smiling grotesquely. And we, if you watched the cartoon, you watch ca- the cartoon, movie, the movie. Stuff, he does yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's his go-to. His like when he's bored, he's like, "Hey, uh, I just mix something up and murder a whole bunch of people, people by making them smile to death." Yeah, or laugh to death. Yeah. So his origin story, one of, well, I mean, so he doesn't really have an orange origin story, but one of the well, the one that kind of sticks the most is that he was a criminal called the Red Hood, mm. who was disfigured disfigured as a result of a fall into a chemical vat. I've heard of at yeah, the hands that, of Batman. And there's always like different reincarnations of his origin story, which when we're gonna talk about the Dark Knight, we'll talk about soon. That's also a theme in that movie where he himself tells several different origin stories of where he came. Yeah, he yeah. And so he, he kind of turns into a goofy character, more of a prankster um, in, like, the 50s and 60s. Definitely portrayed as such by Cesar Romero, like we talked about. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's more, like, when you watch the campy show, I guess, of course, he's one of their villains, but he's not, like, this terrible, maniacal, murderous clown. No, no, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. We, we wouldn't have been watching that on TV if... Of course not. No, good point. Good point. If, if they would have, they, they they watered that show down a lot. A lot. You're and right. They made it campy and funny, and it was <clears throat> it was for kids. Kind of like what they did to clowns in the <laughs> same era. Fair uh, his origin story, like I said, has changed over the years. It's implied the Joker has told different stories to different people. So uh, again, I'm going to refer to the DC Encyclopedia. So let's see what we got here for the Joker. Oddly, it has him listed at six uh, five hundred and ninety two pounds. That's a big dude. Yeah. Kind of skinny Bindle. for a six five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Though not not especially strong or skilled in fighting, which I mean, you know, why would he? He's he's a, he's a clown. The Joker is nonetheless a deadly combatant. Previously, he had demonstrated adeptness at chemistry, concocting his own poisonous Joker venom, a weapon of mass distraction that leaves his victims with death rictuses, resembling his own maniacal leer. The Joker often wields deadly joke props or gags such as acid-squirting boutonniere or bang-proclaiming flag pistol that doubles as a spear gun. However, he, is also plays, he also plays the straight man in his blackly comedic campaigns of terror and will use conventional weapons, anything from a single-shot derringer tucked into the brim of his hat to an operational nuclear warhead concealed within the trunk of his garish Joker mobile. Hopefully the Joker never makes it to North Korea because mm-hmm. I I, ne- I had no idea that he had a uh, nope. operational nuclear warhead. That's I mean that's like I mean that that's, takes his like, that's terrorist level right? <laughs> Shit. Maniacal, so, I guess know. we need Batman if there's the Joker's cruising around town with a fucking nuke in his trunk. It's not good. So so that's basic rundown on uh, the history on, of Batman. The history of Batman. History of his main antagonist, the Joker. And so as Brian alluded to the history, then also the films came out 
Yeah, so let's uh, take a little trip down down memory lane here with the movie. So I got I got this source from a great website called uh, Batman on Film. Okay. If you are interested in Batman in any way, shape, or form in the movies, that's it's an awesome website to uh, to use. First Batman movie ever made, nineteen forty three, called the Batman. Oh, I didn't know that. I gotta check this so out. So an actor named Lewis Wilson played Batman. The next movie is called Batman and Robin, 1949. Uh, Robert Lowry played Batman in that movie. So then we get to, and, and this is the TV show, obviously, but uh, there was a Batman, there was a movie called Batman, and it, it's, it's referred to as Batman 1966. That movie actually terrorized me when I saw it as a little kid because he... They turned everyone to dust yeah, in that movie, and and like he, little pellets. And then he brought them back. Yeah, they just rehydrate people. And can't, like... Wait, okay, I'm sorry. In that... In that movie, the Joker's main super villainous trick is to get everybody in the UN, and uh, I can't remember what it was. But he ends up shrinking them, and when he brings them back, well, he turns them to dust. He, he, but, like, and when he brings them back, yeah, they can't speak their same languages. They all speak different languages. It's it was freaky as hell. That's what I remember. I was like, holy shit, this is a serious, serious weapon. So he so he shrunk them down to dust, and then brought them back, and so they could just they couldn't speak to each other. I'm wondering if there would have been some kind of like other kind of ray he could have made. I mean, he's. A, I mean, if he can procure a nuclear warhead, I think he could probably figure out a way to out, outside of dehydrating them to nothing. Right, but, but whatever. I'm not a super criminal. Exactly. I don't know. All right. So Batman 1966, Adam West. So yeah. that 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 goes into the move to the TV show. Super campy. That's kind of that's the Batman that we grew up with until. Batman 1989, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. So to me, Tim this is a, up until you know, even when even after like Batman Begins, I still wasn't 100 percent sold on it. Dark Knight kind of changed everything, but Batman 1989 with Michael Keaton that kind of is the Batman that I have in my head. That's when where I mean we had action figures through that Batman. All kinds of toys. Yeah, I mean, the the I mean, there was the ride at like if you're from the Midwest area, Six Flags Great America. That was awesome. That ride was fantastic. Yes. So and then so that turned into a franchise, obviously, right? So Batman Returns, 1992. That's well, that, still Michael Keaton. That's Michael Keaton. Here's where it changes, right? Because those two were actually and very good movies, like dark, very good. And like, yeah, like, like, Tim Burton directed them both, yep, right? Yep. And like they were solid movies. After that, they kind of start to fall off a little bit. From my understanding. They move into, they want to move into more merchandising. They want to lighten it up. They want to make it more accessible to everyone. And that's where Tim Burton and Michael Keaton are like, all right, I'm done. we're done. Yep. Because we had a good thing going. And Batman Forever, Val Kilmer plays. I've actually never seen Batman. that movie. 1995. It's, it's okay. It's good. It's okay. It's okay. It. It's not good. I mean, so Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays Two Face. Yep, Jim Carrey. Real is. over the top, yeah. playing it real like it. As far removed as Batman 1989 is with Michael Keaton from Batman 1966 with the campiness, mm. they kind of bring it back to that a little bit. I mean, there's a scene because they they have Robin in there, and I think he at one point Robin's like, "Holy rusted metal, Batman!" And they're like, and they're like, he's like, "Oh, it's, it's that's corny. There's holes in this rusted metal." And I was like, I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> Oh, great. So, yeah, I mean, Val Kilmer was pretty good in it. Uh, the Riddler was in it. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yep. It was it was kind of over the top. There was a lot of characters. And then we get to uh, 
the infamous Batman and Robin in 1997 with George Clooney. That movie sucks. I so hate to hate on people. You, and stuff, you referenced the ice skating in the beginning. That's where that comes from. He he had ice skates in his suit, and and, and they, they skated down the back of a brontosaurus in a museum. That shit was stupid yeah. as hell. And they put nipples on the bat suit, which was like blasphemous. <sighs> like the minute you saw that, you're just like all you could do with like, why does he why like, why does he have nipples? Like I don't understand. I mean, it's anatomically correct. I get that, right? Yeah. So, but anyhow, so that pretty much sunk the franchise. It was it killed it for. Eight years. Yeah. So we get to Batman Begins in 2005. The and that's with, with Yeah, with Christian Bale. During the lead up to that, there was pos- there was uh, talk of Darren Aronofsky directing, uh, directing it, uh, a version of Batman Year One, um, where he basically he l- lives with a mechanic and he drives a Lincoln Continental, a black Lincoln Continental. Oh, like a chauffeur? Uh, no, I think he drives it himself. Okay, but it's that's his that's his bat. Yeah, that's his, the Batmobile. Oh. It was going to be real. So as as grounded as Batman begins in the Dark Knight trilogy is, this was going to be real grounded. No, no, no. This was going to be like he was just he was like Charles Bronson, except <laughs> he had some money. But no, although like no there's yeah, there's some weird, there's going to be some weird angle where like he uh, he was missing, kind of like he was in in uh, Batman Begins, and, and he didn't have any of his. The money the to money. access you. Yeah. to you know get all his wonderful toys as as the Joker says in 1989. And to remind our listeners, Darren Aronofsky, of course, is the director of The Wrestler. The Wrestler, which and also came out in 2008. Black Swan. Yeah, very good and movies. and Mother, very. I don't know if it was critically panned, but like no one went to go see it except you're like, for <laughs> you're like the only person I know I like that movie. So, quick, I just got to tell this because I thought it was like the perfect joke. So I took Jess, Jessica, my wife, and I. We went to go see it. She she thought it was okay. I thought it was great. I thought it was like the like the best movie that that defined what it feels like to be a creative person. Okay. Like I don't know, but you'd have to see it to understand. So during the movie, you can hear you can audibly hear a guy snoring. Like he's just like yeah, he's just like. (laughs) (laughs) So then I'm taking a piss after the movie. And I hear the guy on the phone, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I just paid like twelve dollars to take a nap. And then he goes to the guy on the phone. And he's like, yeah, but don't no one put you to sleep like mother. I was like, oh my god. I was like, I wish I would have fallen asleep in the movie so I could have said that. But uh, anyhow, so I stole tough. that dude's joke. Bathroom guy, thank you. I owe you royalties on that if I ever meet you again. So, Batman Begins, two thousand and five. Christian Bale takes over as Batman. I got free tickets to that. I went to go watch it, like in a. For like a special screening, I was so. I think you went with me. I was so happy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't recall. I don't remember if I ever, if I saw it in the theater. Oh, I don't remember. I was somebody, but I recall that. That, what, that movie snuck up on me. Like I, I didn't. I didn't even know that it was coming out right. until it was like out. <clears throat> I guess it was before. So I'll talk about it more. We talk about the when we talk about the Dark Knight, but I kind of got a little bit obsessed with that movie. Just a little bit. A little bit. Me too. I don't yeah. know what you mean. I was, you know, I was uh, getting ready to get married and have a kid when this movie was being made and coming out. And I, Jessica was like, about. "She's like, why, why, are you, why do you, what do you, why are you looking at pictures of Joker, the Joker? Like, what is that? What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm like, this is, this is important. Yep. I need this, Jessica." Yeah, so, all right, The Dark Knight comes out 2008. That's that's the topic of this episode. After that, Dark Knight Rises comes out 2012, finishes off the trilogy. So then we get into uh, another incarnation of Batman, Batman versus Superman, 2016. The sequel to Man of Steel. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck is playing Batman. Ben Affleck, I thought he did okay for for what he was given in the movie. We were very disappointed in this film. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So then uh, Batman is also in Suicide Squad in 2016. He's also going to be in Justice League, which is coming up uh, this year in a couple weeks. A couple weeks. And there are up to about 30 other animated films. And we didn't even mention, like, there are so many cartoons, like, series. Yeah, there's like, Batman, there's, the animated series. There's uh, tons of them. Batman right? Beyond. There's, there's whole, like, Batman, the uh, the Brave and the Bold. That, I used to yes, watch that. 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 was a good one. This is a comic book character that is seriously ingrained into our countries, our society's psyche. Like, for sure, Batman is, is part of what we do in America. Yeah, and oh, I also forgot one of like my one of my favorite incarnations of Batman, um, the Lego Movie. Oh, he's hilarious. Yes, he's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You're absolutely right. Well, we, me, me, and me and Jackson song like darkness, no parrots, super rich, kind of makes it better. So yeah, so that he's great in that movie. The the Batman Lego Movie itself, I wasn't the biggest fan of that one, but my kids. Love it. I mean, they didn't make it for me. I don't know why I'm feeling sounding disappointed that it wasn't that great. Right, right. <laughs> I'm sure they weren't thinking about a 38 year old man when they uh, when they made that. So, all right. So uh, that's pretty much a rundown of Batman and how he's been portrayed on on screens, large and small. And so, should we talk about the Dark Knight real quick? Like, yeah, just, we don't want to give too much. You should watch the movie. That's what we'll tell you. Basically. The Joker and Batman go to war, right? It's a fantastic movie. It's like one of the best crime so, films you'll watch. Yeah, it's very, so very good. Batman Begins is basically what it says. It's Batman Begins, right? It introduces Batman to not only the viewing people, but it introduces Batman to Gotham in in the movie. And as you say, it's more grounded in reality. So his enemies are, are like mobsters and like one villain, right? In, in Batman Begins, and that's... It's uh, Ra's al Ghul, and who, two who is an immortal in the movie. Um, he he basically just uh, is the the leader of a group of uh, League of Shadows, yeah. right? Well, so, and Scarecrow. There's two of them. In the movie. Oh yeah, Scarecrow. So, and, and he's he. It's real. It's real grounded in reality, right? So not nearly so. You got those, and then he you know he defeats those guys. So at the end of the Batman, Batman begins, begins. It's implied that the Joker is the next villain. Of the, the next villain, and he's been running movie. amok in. In Gotham, exactly. while all this, what's been happening in the movie has been going on simultaneously, the Joker has been in Gotham. We just haven't seen him. Exactly. So, to cut start, to the Dark Knight. You're introduced to the Joker right, right away. away. They have a very elaborate bank robbery in which the Joker has essentially ordered all of his cohorts to kill each other, and then he executes the last guy alive. Very yeah, cold-blooded. Yeah, murder. Hell yeah. Kill, so, like we said, he he's. The incarnation of Bat of Joker in this in in the Dark Knight is very close to the original serial killerish. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna kill everyone. Chaos. Exactly. Is what he's what he's basically about. So, the the major the main theme of the Dark Knight is escalation. Right. We've established that there is a Batman. He's some kind of dude who dresses up like a bat. Finding all the crime. Beats the, the hell out of people at night. Which I mean. If you think about it, if someone's out there doing that, it, it'd be like, well, what the fuck, right? Yeah, so, well, good. then it, 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 it would reasonably lead to just, like, I guess, like, the freaks come out at night. You know, kind of thing, like, everyone who has any kind of inclination to, you know, 
dress up and cause some kind of havoc would do so. A central theme in, in Batman's like stories is like, are the reason that there are so many villains is because he's around, yeah. or is he or they around to stop so many villains? Exactly. Right. That chicken or the egg kind yep. of thing. Um, and I guess, I mean, it, it's a hard question. They don't really, I mean, it's never really, no one ever really answers the question, right? They just kind of pose it. Right. So, so the Joker essentially robbed the mob in in the Dark Knight begins, or in the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight. And uh, basically what ends up happening is the mob, in order to get back to business as usual, because Batman's been messing with their shit, hired the Joker to kill to Batman. To kill him, yeah. And, to, and yeah. to your point, right, there's escalation, right? He goes from stealing money, it led to this next thing, and it, it escalates quickly from there. He he literally kills everybody and everything. Like, I, there's a hip-hop trope. Well, I, I'm jumping ahead, I apologize, but one of the things that I, I find fascinating about this guy is he, he doesn't stop. There's this hip-hop trope of running up on people on their funeral. So, like, you know, I hate you so much that I've already killed you, and at your funeral, I'm going to come kill your people. <laughs> and, like, it's awful. It happens, like, in, uh, it happens in rap lines. And if you've ever seen the movie The King of New York, Frank White definitely does this. You know what I mean? But uh, the Joker totally does this in this movie. They, they're having a funeral for a couple of people that he's already executed in yeah. his hunt for Batman. Yeah, he's, uh, it was, yeah. He's trying to get Batman to unmask, so as he's trying to get Batman to unmask, well, he's he just... poses he's, as a police officer in that scene, correct? Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So as yeah. he's trying to unmask Batman, he's murdering more and more people trying to get Batman, putting that pressure on him. This is the only time in the film where we see the Joker without his makeup. They're yeah. at a police funeral, and they just run up on the cops. And that's one of the, yeah, and that's one of the main major departures from in this mo- movie from other movies or just from Joker in general is that the Joker um, doesn't have bleached skin or hair. Exactly. He's, he's basically, he's, he is a creepy ass clown. Yeah. Oh, right? God. So he, he puts the makeup on purposely. He's got a scarred face. I alluded to this earlier. He does, We really don't know how he gets the scars, but he tells like three different stories throughout the film yeah. as to how he gets the yeah, scars. Yeah, every time he he, uh, he approaches someone, he goes, you want to know how I got these scars? Exactly. And so one of the stories he tells how his uh, father was abusive and his father did it to him. Another one is about how his wife had gotten deep with the sharks. Yep. And so they cut her face into, into, into at least commiserate with her. He cut yeah, his face to be yeah. like her. And I mean, that shows some empathy. A little right? bit, yes. You know? So there's a heart there, yes, I think. I suppose. When he's not murdering. When he's not murdering everybody. People. Agreed. So it continues to escalate throughout the movie, and he continues to push Batman. Batman is trying to stay like within his his realm of who he is, does not want to kill. He wants. Kids. He basically wants to psychologically break Batman. And and that's kind of like it, it, the, the, one of the themes is escalation, and, it, and it, it's also like a psychological drama. Um battle wits so to speak where he's the Joker's just running around causing all kind of havoc blowing shit up mm-hmm. killing people left and right and let's say the running up on people at the funeral is just one thing like he studies his he studies his people and he like causes real harm like the other character in this show or in this movie is Harvey Dent uh, he is now dating Batman's lover from the previous movie Rachel Dawes yep Rachel has been replaced by mind you in the film, in the Batman Begins, she's Katie Holmes, and in this movie, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. So he he basically, you know, he gets knowing they basically attempt to unmask him, and in the unmasking, Harvey Dent pretends that he's uh, pretends that he's Batman. 
the Joker chases him down in the iconic scene in the car in the in the with the semi truck with the bazooka. With the bazooka. He hits him with the bazooka. They think they got him, and you've been fooled to believe that Commissioner Gordon had been killed at this point. Commissioner yeah. Gordon was not killed. He came back, and he was the one that arrested the Joker. And it's done on purpose. We find out right because while this is happening, he had managed to kidnap, or he managed to have his people kidnap both Harvey Dent and Rachel Dawes. He puts the question to Batman, who can you save first? Yes, and that awesome interrogation scene. And that's basically where it's pretty much like the central thesis of the of the movies laid out. Like like how how far will you go to to uh, to end this? And uh, two will you, will you, one of the theses. Like, there's two. There's the other yeah. one is like, you know I, I agree, I don't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, I, I, but I was thinking the other one was like because he, you know, Batman also doesn't want to keep doing this. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the other yep. one was like, yeah, yeah. you know, what's more important here? Having Harvey Dent, an elected official, ending crime and doing it the right way, or Batman being the vigilante and doing it the wrong yeah, way? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so he basically, like, this bat, this incarnation of, of Batman doesn't want to be Batman. Like, he feels like he's, he has to do it, right? Like, sacrifice. Like, like, it's his you know. obligation. And, but you get the feeling and... He's more like Batman than he is like Bruce. Like Bruce is his actual alter ego. The mask and Batman is. Ma- who he is. Batman I would agree. Is. So, exactly. But he really he desperately wants out, and he he thinks that Harvey Dent is his way out. He it, thinks he's the White Knight. Exactly. And so when, as I say, the Joker gets himself arrested, we learn it's a it's a plot, you know, to put Batman in the spot. Who are you gonna save? Your you know Rachel or Harvey? And he. I don't know if he does this on purpose, but he basically sends him on the wrong way, right? Like yeah. he, he sends he sends Commissioner Gordon to Rachel and he sends Batman to Harvey Dent. And like I believe that Batman was under the impression he was going to see Harvey. We learn Rachel. I'm sorry, he's gonna see Rachel. Rachel. Thank yeah. you. We learn of their plot or their plight in the film. They're both like tied up next to gasoline vats. Like they're about to get blown up. Yeah. Right? And uh it, that was a powerful ass scene. Like when when, when yeah. it happens, like when they he, can talk to each other, they talk to each other. It's like, like it's like Ooh, all right, Joker, Joker you're so brutal, boy. Like, all right, it's like I'm gonna kill one of y'all. <laughs> but you can just talk to each other while you while we figure out which one you're gonna die. That's just like diabolical, diabolical. And right. so Rachel dies, and Harvey Dent gets his face blown off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, burnt. Burnt. Not blown off. Okay. Well, burnt. Fine. Harvey Dent. Is pissed off is the best way to describe it. Like the Joker. yeah, he's pissed off. Well, he's pissed off at at, at Batman. At, he's more pissed off at like Batman and Commissioner um, Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. And I'm sure he's not happy with the Joker. And the Joker. And like they have the the actual iconic scene now is where the Joker and Harvey Dent meet, and they talk in the hospital. And Harvey Dent's obviously irate and wants to kill him. Harvey Dent is led to believe that you know it wasn't Joker's fault. It was. Commissioner Gordon and Batman's fault. Yeah, right? he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm just the dog chasing cars. Like he, <laughs> he, he just, he basically lays out to the fact that he goes, I'm, he's, he, I'm just, I create the chaos, and I'm other people to, are making the decisions. I'm here to deal with Batman, and yeah. this is the part of the chaos, exactly. And so, actually, this is my mom's favorite scene in the movie. I've talked to her about this movie a lot because I have watched this far too many times. Yeah, we uh when, when I saw it in the theater a bunch of times, uh, we procured a copy of it. 
I'm not going to say how or where it came from. And once it came out, we saw it in the theater a couple times, and so, once it came out in Blu-ray, we yeah, started watching it I dumped a lot of money into this movie, so I do not feel guilty, <laughs> but I we did, we I mean, we were probably watching that thing every every day. We changed it. Remember, we stopped calling them viewings. I started calling them rounds, and I quit paying attention <laughs> to, like, I, I stopped counting rounds. Kind of got a 24-hour loop. I, I stopped counting the rounds, and I hate to admit this, like, in the 30s. Like, I quit. Yeah. It was, like... What Star Wars was for kids in the late seventies, I, I could not stop was, watching this movie. It was very, yeah, it was it was important. And as a result, sure. like people around me watched it, so my mom watched it, and she thought that the best part was when the Joker blew up the hospital when he's like playing with the device, yeah, yeah, not yeah, blowing yeah. up, and then like it blows up. So that was kind of funny to me. Like that's oh, what my mom yeah. says. Like they, he does, he does do a little clown act at, at that at that point. Yeah, and as Brian alluded to earlier, he can't get. Batman to unmask, so he escalates more yeah. and more, right? So he yeah. sets up a, a a no-win scenario after this, right, where he gets the two groups of boats to blow each other up. Yeah, that's the battle. He's got, a, he's got a boat full of convicts, got a boat full of regular citizens. Regular folks. He's and got a bomb on each boat, and each one is holding the detonator to the other boat. And while this shit's going on, Harvey Dent's running around murking all the cops that were involved yep. with him and Rachel getting kidnapped and Rachel dying. Basically, yeah. He's, he's out. He's settling his score. With everybody. Yeah. And so, you and know... Batman's, Batman is looking for the Joker at this point. Exactly. And essentially, like, they find each other, right? They, they start... No, yeah. what happens first? I messed up. I almost... I well, Batman... Over. Okay, so, yeah. So, Joker... It, it, became, it becomes clear that Joker has this bomb... On the on the uh, on the two ferries, because at this point they're trying to evacuate Gotham because the Joker is pretty much they've 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 given the, the city to the Joker. The yep. Joker's taken the city exactly, and he he they don't know like where he's going to strike, what he's going to do because he's basically insane. So then, so he gets he gets back back to uh, his. I don't know where they never really say where his ha- layer is. But, so, but when Batman finds him, he's in like a half-built building, like a building is in the construction. Yeah. So what happens is okay. So they're watching the. So he goes to Fox and says, "I need to find the Joker because he's causing like, yep. like they're pan like just man. we can't stop this. We have to stop this." Yep. Yep. So then he has this tech where he can basically. Uh, use cell phones. To yep, he can he can hack into every cell phone to see everything. And create like a sonar image so, of all yep, kinds of stuff. Exactly, yep. of the, almost like the entire city. So he uses that to, to locate him. When he locates him, he's in a building and he has hostages that are. So the hostages are dressed up to be his henchmen, and the henchmen are dressed up to be like some doc- clowns. clowns. The do- yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the doctors, doctors, doctors sorry. of some okay. sort. Yeah, for, that he took from the doctors and patients and stuff that he took from the hospital. So then there's some confusion there. Batman... Because the SWAT team... Batman knows the score. SWAT team is going to kill, gonna kill him. But Batman... Exactly. So then Batman's got to take out the... Because he's fucking Batman. He's right? like, I got SWAT team. I got this intel because I can see everything. <laughs> so don't... Just do what I say because I'm Batman. <laughs> so then he stops the SWAT team. So he's got to fight the SWAT team and these other bad guys and not kill the good guys who look like the bad guys. And then he's got to go fight the Joker. And the Joker's, That's what Thank you. I can't yeah. remember we were going to play it out. Joker's got some dogs with him. Which were you, part of the original. You obviously weren't watching it on that those 30 loops, those 30 rounds. It's been a while. I was watching it. Fair enough, fair enough. So, so he's got the, that Russian dude that he killed. Um, One of the earlier. original mobsters. Yep. In, in, when he, in, after he burnt that big pile of money. Yes. Which is insanity. 
But anyhow, so he, him and uh, Batman get into a fight. And obviously, see, okay, so this is where the 6'5", 192-pound Joker, it's a little, like, unbelievable that he would actually get the upper hand on him because he kind of runs at him like when like when I'm wrestling with my kids. They're all, hard, right? they're all just like, yeah. rah, rah, like fists and run straight at you. And, and yeah, yeah, and then you're basically just like, don't hit me in the nuts. So maybe that's what Batman was doing. He was like, oh, shit. Uh, like, right. Don't hit me in my bat nuts. Fair enough. I think it's a little different, but yes, all right. So, I mean, that's the only, way I can, that's the only oh, comparison God. I can think of because okay. otherwise, like, why didn't he just put his hand on his head and, like, poof, 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 And be like, like a wide dude, receiver. Or, like, you're, or wear, you're, you're wearing a purple suit with clown makeup, and I have this badass 100-piece tactical suit. With all kinds of weapons oh, on it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and then we're having a fair fight. I don't think he, he had a pipe, or some shit like that. Whatever. So that's kind of unbelievable. But it, it leads to the part where he's on top of. So Joker's on top of him. He's got him pinned by his neck with yeah. some like bar, and then Bat- Batman basically tells him, you know, the people of Gotham chose good over you know mayhem, and then Joker realizes that he. Hasn't hasn't beat the bat the city or the Batman as much as he thought he did, but he's got an ace in his sleeve, which is Harvey Dent, who he basically turned into a murderous, raving maniac. Exactly. Yeah, and then it turns out that he is. Batman goes and he faces off against Harvey Dent. Turn they, they ended up, they ended up they end up killing Harvey Dent. First, they, there's a fall. Like the Joker. Batman is able to get out from underneath Joker's pin with some slick ass move. Where he yeah, ends up, where so he ends the up. Joker goes to his old line. Uh, you know, I got these scars, and then Batman's like, "No, man, no, you got these." <laughs> Which is kind of like, 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 yeah, it's a good line. It's, good line. it's, I mean, it's kind of like, like, would you take the time to say, like, well, after watching the movie over thirty times? Yes, now we can I, hate I, on it. Like, sometimes, yeah, I know. Like, I, sometimes I know. Harvey Dent in that movie. Overacts a little bit. I'm sure if you watch it now, you'd be like, "Yeesh," yeah. a little bit. But whatever. Like, like at the time, we didn't hate it as much. So when he pulled that move, it was pretty slick. He gets a Joker off him and he hangs him upside down from an ankle off a. Well, big Joker's, built Joker's falling to his death, and then Batman Catches saves him. him, and he goes, "You are incorruptible, aren't you?" Or something like that. So he realizes that Batman isn't going to kill people. So now they go get Harvey Dent. Essentially, kill Harvey Dent. Yeah, yep, they throw him off. They, they, there's a fall. Batman almost falls. Oh, no, we skipped the very important part. Harvey Dent had kidnapped Commissioner Gordon's kid. Yeah. And that was, a, that was like, the crux of the situation. Yeah, and he was going to, he's like, like, all right. So I understand you're upset that shit went wrong and that your, uh, um, fiance. your fiance got killed and half your face got burnt off. Right? I mean, that, that's a good. bad day, right? Bad, yeah. Like, really bad day. Nothing tied about Like, that. nothing, I, have, I can't really compare anything to that, you know? Right. But nothing fresh about that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty lame. But like to go from um, uh, someone killed my my girlfriend or fiance, um, my face got burnt off. To I'm gonna murder children. Eh, that, it's just kind of it's kind of it's mad douchey, right? So right. I'm kind of glad he died. Like he right. was gonna kill Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Gordon's kid, kid right yes. in front of him. I'm like, come on, dude. So. Batman saves like, Commissioner Gordon. Like, we could, we can, we can graft that fit, that shit back on, and you can. He'd have lost his mind. Yeah. So he saved his kid. And, and that was the point, right? That was what the Joker wanted to have happen. He turned him into a child-murdering maniac. Right. So Batman is essentially accused of killing Harvey Dent, even though he doesn't do it. Yep. And he takes the blame because he is the hero that they need. So him, yeah, him, yep, him and the they, uh, they collude, him and uh, uh, Gordon collude 
to basically keep it secret that Harvey ever went ever bad. went crazy. So yeah. all the deaths that Harvey was responsible for, the Batman took the blame for. So that's where he becomes. He's not the hero we we deserve. He's the hero we need. Yeah, and then he rides off. And, and so that's the Dark Knight. Like Brian and I explaining it to y'all can't really do it justice. You yeah, need to I never watch explaining the movie. a it's movie. Fantastic. Like, I tried explaining you. one of the Fast and Furious movies that I saw to someone, and it made it sound like worse than it really was. Which is and, impossible. And it, it's like when you're explaining the movie, and then when you're talking about it, you can kind of find the inherent flaws in some of the stuff. When you see it, it's totally different. It's great visual movie. Um, set beautifully shot, spectacular. Yeah. Like the stuff yeah. that we talked, we missed. We missed some stuff that we should have mentioned. Even like, there's a scene. I, we we encourage you. Uh, go to the if you if you haven't seen the movie, go to the Amazon link on the post here on our website and purchase it. Go to the library and rent, rent it. it. Like it's, whatever, it's just really watch good. it. You should watch Great it. Great like, We think it's really really good. There yeah. were parts that we didn't even talk about that were amazing. Like I remember reading that there was very little CGI. And no, so, yeah, practical effects, and I mean that's. We grew up in an era of pretty much all practical effects. So, right. like, this movie in 2008 was an anomaly. Um, in the era of CGI. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, it was great. And the, the thing that I really loved about this movie is that, and it, it's so normal now, and okay, can't stand it really, is when the bad guys fight, right? Like I, like I said, it was kind of, I mean, Batman versus Joker is not really a fight. It was more like a psychological battle, battle of wits. Yep. Like they weren't destroying like the whole city. A square mile of the city where like like tens of thousands of people died. Like the Joker killed died, a fair yeah. amount of people, right? Right. But it was like these were controlled these were chaos, right? Hard earned kills. Yes. As like as a but like he he had to do something to do it. It wasn't just like I'm so like I'm such a bad guy, I can knock down 47 buildings at once. Like that, like like in like Man General of Steel. Zod, yes, I like understand what you're saying. So, yeah, there was chaos. There was there was people were dying. There was panic in the streets. But it was the I mean, one person dying is enough to cause a panic, right? Right. Like so that you don't need to destroy like an entire city. I understand. You know. I, I was going to suggest the scene in Hong Kong where he's skydiving. Yes. That was really amazing. Like, no, it was, it was yeah. fantastic filmmaking. Like, it was just yeah. a beautiful shot scene. Like, and they used no real tech. The director, they, right? used, they used tech that actually exists. Exactly. To make to it make happen. Nolan is the director. I think he's a really, really good director. And I think that he really showed it in this movie. Like, he, yeah. he did a very, very good job. Like, the cinematography was fantastic off the chain. Like, very good. So. I, I like. I remember when this came out, as I said, Brian was, or as Brian said, he was obsessed with this movie. He read to me a review or article of it, and in the article, it said that this movie's scope is on the same level as that of The Godfather Part Two. And I was like, man, shut the fuck up, Brian, because I <laughs> love The Godfather Part Two. Yeah. That's probably my favorite movie. I didn't shut the fuck up. No, of course not. Like, but when I saw Batman, the Dark, I'm sorry, when I saw The Dark Knight, I'm like, damn. This does have a huge scope. Like, it really is, like, an amazing film. And, and I can't be like The Godfather Part 2. We're talking about a movie that's set in five different countries over, like, two different eras, like... But it's similar in that it's set yeah. all across the world. You have all kinds of shit going on. Like, it was really, really good. Yeah, it was uh, It was influenced by a lot of lot of movies. The, the main one that I saw... I, I was a big fan of uh, the movie Heat growing up. Yep. Uh, that was, I mean... Amazing movie. When we were hanging out... Really good. Uh, me, me and one of my buddies, we would just be like, if we didn't know what to do, we would grab a bottle of something and watch Heat. Exactly. Especially the the, the shootout scene out, outside the bank. And so, Fantastic. But that, that that it had a lot of DNA from different movies. That one in particular. Right, a little absolutely. bit of Godfather 2. 
couple other ones, but yeah, it was well done. And so sure. we're gushing about this movie. We are not the only ones. This is a highly reviewed movie, possibly yeah. the best reviewed movie of 2008. It's gotten a 94% fresh certified Correct. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. rating. Like it, it received nothing but like almost high review all across the board at this time. You know, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight grossed one billion four million five hundred fifty-eight thousand four hundred forty-four dollars worldwide, becoming yeah. the fourth film in history to gross more than a billion. And the highest film of 2008. It is now the second highest grossing film behind Titanic, a film I've never seen. Yeah, in 2008. Yeah, I, I've, it, I hear it was a good movie, but never seen it. And, and it's a movie that we're going to uh, reference again, too, when we talk about the Oscars. But it was, it, it, so it's not, I don't know where it is now, but it, it was the number two grossing film in 2008, Avatar. Okay, we'll another movie we're going to talk about briefly. Um, when we get to the Oscars. So I think, you know, we established our love man for love for the for the, for the the Dark Knight. Highly well-reviewed movie and made tons of money. Made tons of money, right? Yep. Great performances. So the thesis is this movie should have been nominated for the best picture. Yeah. Before we get there, I really want to say how I actually kind of hate the Oscars. I really don't like to watch it. My mom kind of made me watch them when I was a little kid because she really liked watching the fashion. And I, of course, like movies, so I was into the Oscars for a long time. I started kind of hating on them in the mid-90s, and I've really never come back to loving them because they always disappoint me. Quite frankly, the reason I kind of can't stand them, I don't care what you tell me, Saving Private Ryan is better than Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, By far. People can send all the hate mail they want on this one to me. I think that Gladiator is nowhere near as good as Crocodile Tiger Hidden Dragon. It's just not. Period. Again, I'm pretty sure that you stopped liking the Oscars after the Dark Knight got snubbed. The yes, the the knife in the back of our friend, my friendship with the Oscars was this. I just, I was just like, I was like, I can't. Why? Why? Like this movie was so good, and I just, I, I wanted it because I identified with it so, so much. Like it was like, okay, I felt like it, it was a. They were not only repudiating the film. Batman, they were also repudiating me. me. I, I'm with yeah, you. I took it personally. I, I take that so shit real I, personal. And now I'm, 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 you know, a little older now. I mean, I think I was, we were, what, 30? No, 28. No, 29. 28, 29 when, when this came out. So I'm at a point now where I feel like uh, award shows are kind of silly. Yeah. They're whack. Kind of, kind of, just kind of gross and like over the top now. But every time you think they're going to you know, fix it or bring it back, they still screw me over. So, like... I mean, I still I still understand, the like, the prestige, and that's why we're talking about this. Agreed. That's and, why we're coming we're up trying with... trying to right the wrong that, that, that occurred in 2009 Oscars. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they're kind of... They just... They're not... They're not... They don't fit into my... Like, I, like it, when, I, when I talked about uh, how I changed and Guns N' Roses no longer fit into, you know, my world, like, this doesn't really... The Oscars, the Oscars aren't a thing anymore. Like, I, I don't Fair even enough. know when they're on anymore. You I'm know, with you. No, they're, they're on in February. I still kind of watch them. Like I said, I'm always hopeful they're going to come to their senses. And once again, they let me down when they they kind of snubbed Mad Max, Fury Road. I think that was <clears> the best <throat> movie of the year that year. I don't I don't care. Like, the movie's fantastic. Yes. was nominated for Best Picture, so I'll give them credit for that because yeah. after The Dark Knight, it changed. We can discuss this a little bit later, but yeah. essentially The Dark Knight was the last year where only five films were nominated so, for Best Picture. 2009, five films were nominated for Best Picture. Dark Knight is snub. Snub. 2010. 2010. It's 10 films. 10 films. Avatar, the movie we talked about, science fiction movie. The 
it grossed more than The Dark Knight. The reviews were probably, I don't think, nearly as favorable as The Dark Knight, nominated for Best, Best Picture. Picture. A lot of, and I don't, it didn't win that year, right? I think The Hurt Locker won I think that The Hurt Locker won, exactly. It's but, so I say I don't watch them, but I kind of, I read it on the <laughs> internet. I'm not that far removed from it, but I just don't watch it. So, yeah, so like that, that's a good comparison. And so we're talking about comparisons. So do we want to just, well, let's just talk about comparisons, right? Real quick, before we, we get into all the... Hatred for the oh, Oscar. Right. One more, one thing. Okay. Just to prove how out of touch they are, Stanley Kubrick and Alfred Hitchcock never won Best Director Academy Awards. So like, yeah. I, I, I at one point loved them, and now I, I'm kind of can't stand the Oscars. And like... I understand what you're saying. I know uh, uh, what, uh, you have beef with The Departed winning uh, Best Picture, right? No, I like that. That was one of the last... Another movie I like a lot is True Romance, and in that movie, the guy says that's the last movie to win an Academy Award with balls. You could argue that The Departed is the last yeah, movie. Yeah, but you had a, you, you had, your beef was uh, he should have just shot Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, because right te- think about it. No, it ended the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would have ended the I just want to make sure that was your beef. My beef is this. All of a sudden... You have a guy that used to be a cop in your criminal organization, right? <laughs> yeah. Used to be a cop in your criminal organization, and all of a sudden, all kinds of weird shit are happening with the cops. But he likes them. And you start killing off all your homies who've been down with you forever, and you keep the cop alive. And bad shit keeps on happening. When you just, this is my stepfather who brought this to me. Yeah. When you just wiped out the cop. This. Yeah. Like, I w- maybe, but with Leonardo DiCaprio, he was in Titanic. Why would you kill him? I mean, it wouldn't be a movie. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Again, hey, the last film, though, that was like an actual, what do I call it, financial success that was an action movie, right? Like, we are far removed yeah. from that era when we get to 2008. Before 2008, it used to be different. Like, we're talking about, in the 90s, never Forrest Gump. Never used to be this way at all, Smithers. Never used to be this way at all. Forrest Gump was a huge movie. Dance yeah. of the Wolf was a huge yes. movie. And again, the unseen Titanic was Look, a huge movie. Titanic, uh, Star Wars... Uh, science fiction specific ones movies. that actually won the award for best picture oh won the Revolve, yeah but these were these were nominated, nominated. Gone Three. with the Wind huge fucking movie yeah so like there is a history of science fiction movies being nominated right and well I mean Star Wars agreed um, I've actually read somewhere that there was only up until this point only eight science fiction movies that have ever been nominated uh, well for. Blockbuster movies being nominated. Fair enough. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and well, but I guess all the time. We'll take it back. So, The Dark Knight isn't really science fiction. I mean, it, you, it, you could say it's fantasy. It falls into fantasy, and as a result, yeah. fantasy always gets lumped into science fiction. Yeah. That's what we're trying yeah. to say. But we know it's not science fiction. Yeah. Let's talk about. So, if 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 the thesis is, you know, The Dark Knight should have been nominated, we need to look at the nominees of the actual Best Picture. Here's the thing, right? The five movies that were nominated that year are Slumdog Millionaire, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Reader, Milk, and Frost vs. Nixon. Okay. So in my research for as to why The Dark Knight was snubbed, I really came across like three themes as to what the theories were as to why it didn't happen. One is the history of the character. We've gone extensively through the history of the character. He's yeah. a comic book character. Just remember that, that he comes from comics. Which, uh, comics didn't have, I mean, they just started getting a strong footing. Like, so, the high watermark to me is The Dark Knight, and it basically, it brought it to a level of a film, right? Like, it's... Agreed, because superhero movies have really taken over the genre it's since not just 1989. A, it's not just a superhero it. movie, it's a, it's a it's good, a good movie. quality. Exactly. So, 
Was it? But there was there wasn't anything. I mean, Superman from nineteen seventy eight, pretty good. Batman from nineteen eighty nine, but I mean, they weren't good. Chances of those being being nominated were probably slim and none, especially in the seventies and eighties. But this movie, look, before the nominations came out, I mean, it had it had a fight chance to be nominated. So, is the history of the character? Is it a sci fi fantasy thing? Because that's the other thing. Is like those movies don't necessarily get respected. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. and. In 2003, J.R. Tolkien's adaptation, I'm sorry, Peter Jackson's adaptation of Tolkien's uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings trilogy, they, the second movie won, right, in 2003? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's compared... No, uh, the, the third, third movie, movie. Okay. Return of the King. That, and that's comparison that's made, but that started out as, as, as a book literature, right? So that had some prestige behind it. Supposedly. And, yeah, I didn't... I, I never read Tolkien... Um, yeah, it had, and, and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, the book was so good, it's so good, it's so good." So it had some prestige to it, where you know, comic books they didn't have that. I mean, they're getting it now. The directors but, are serious directors who are taking down these films. Yeah, where it yeah. wasn't the case before. No, it, it wasn't. It was happening. Yeah, yeah. And then the last theme I came across was it not nominated for the best picture because of like the elitism thing about the Oscars, how they're not in touch, and how like. They give, like you say, prestige films are the ones that get nominated. As opposed yeah, to. I mean, you could you could make argument that that prestige factor goes outside of the category of uh, comic book movies. But I mean, you don't really. Well, I mean, we'll see we're coming up with these nominations if uh, Wonder Woman gets the nomination that everyone is pretty sure that it deserves. I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm not gonna argue that. I'm not gonna say it wasn't a bad movie. I don't know if it's a best picture type nominated movie, but. That's the point, right? Like it's got it's got uh, ratings uh, uh, reviews just as good as Batman. the Dark Knight. To, your, to the point though of the Dark Knight changing everything, did did moving to ten nominees lessen the actual award and or nomination? Because like so, I mean, a bunch it, of movies have been nominated for now. Like like what's that movie? Uh, Gone with the Wind was nominated in uh, ten. Uh, at least ten, I think, maybe twelve that year. I read. But. No, I mean now there's ten nominees every year. So yeah. a ton of movies that were nominated that would never have been nominated before, but are now being nominated. So I kind of feel like it's gotten it's gotten a little diluted. Like sure, it did. Get, it, do I you mean, think you could say it's diluted? The but. Blind Side or Les Mis should be put on the same category as something like 2001: Space Odyssey, which wasn't nominated. Yeah. Those two. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a little yeah. bit diluted now because sure they should have just. Stop bullshitting and giving the right movies a nomination. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Opinion. So, but they also so what they what what one of the theories that I read was that so in two thousand nine the Dark Knight's not nominated. Two thousand ten, what they do is they expand it to ten pictures because there's falling rate. Like guys like me yeah. aren't watching it. I'm sure me. other people aren't watching it. So they want to expand the ratings and. Putting a movie, the, the top grossing movie, the top one of the top reviewed movies of the year in the Best Picture nomination to to tune in to see if it wins, that would have been a no brainer yeah. to nominate it, right? But to to say you're moving into ten to increase your ratings, right? You're, so there are probably going to be some nominations thrown in there that you're looking at kind of sideways because, like, well, is this really the quality movie that you think it is? Or is it just being thrown in there because it's it's a crowd pleaser? Exactly. That's that's my point. Like, I feel like it has been lessened. As I said, they should have just done it the right way. And in, in this case, the right way would be to remove one of these five movies. Slumdog Millionaire. That's Curious where case. we come in. 
Reader, Milk, or Frost Nixon. So, so I didn't want. I'd say it deserves to be nominated. So, so I guess let's go through. Let's go through them, right? Yeah. So Slumdog Millionaire, we both agree that won the award. Great movie, right? I don't. I don't deny that. The thing is, and I'm not trying to battle Dark Knight versus Slumdog because I'm not saying it should be nominated. I'm not saying it's better than Slumdog. So yeah. I didn't even rewatch Slumdog. I had no interest in seeing it. I, I, I saw it once. I remember it being a great movie, a very moving movie. It's very good. Agreed. I don't know if it if it's aged well. I haven't seen it in forever. I know that show I want to be a millionaire isn't no is longer not, on television. Yep. So, and that's kind of kind of where you where you if you use pop culture, you can date yourself. You can date yourself. Yes, absolutely. Which we're obviously dating ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to about nineteen seventy nine to be exact. Exactly. I've never seen it. Earth. I'm sure you have because you love this dude. I never, I never seen Curious Cage of Benjamin Button. I didn't really like this movie. It kind of had it smacked of uh, wanting to be Forrest Gump, mm. except like in reverse. Not the like same. instead of being you know like not being able develop developmentally challenged mentally, he's physically developmentally challenged, and he's aging in reverse. And uh, it, uh, it's just one of those movies where. You're trying to see the world through the eyes of um, some a white dude, right? Who's obviously has some kind of uh, weird knack for getting into historical stuff. stuff. So it's I've kind of been it. there, done that. I didn't want to see so. it. I didn't need to see it because it almost started proving a thesis for me, right? Like one of the questions was, is the reason the Dark Knight's not nominated because of the sci-fi fantasy thing? This is essentially a fantasy movie. Oh like, yeah, to death, sure. right? So like that argument annoys me. Heck, it's got a really good pedigree though. It's got it had Brad Pitt, Kate uh, Blanchett, um, uh, I'll take David Michael, Fincher. I'll take Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. against those yeah. two. So, no, I'm just saying. But it did have. I mean, but my point is, Dark Knight's got a good pedigree. This one had a, and that's where I think the nomination may have, may have came from. I don't. I mean, but my point is, I don't they think did was, nominate a fantasy movie. So I don't yeah. want to hear them say that they didn't want to nominate the Dark Knight because yeah. of a fantasy movie, right? Milk, great movie. Great movie. I, I actually never seen it. I watched it for this. I'll come back to that in one second. Yeah. Frost Nixon. I had never seen it until researching for this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to that in a second. Sure. And then I didn't see the reader because honestly, every time I researched this movie, the only name I kept on seeing associated with the reader, and they were saying the reason they got nominated was because of Mr. Weinstein. Yeah. So I had no so reason. Harvey to... Weinstein. So we're just gonna. So my we'll just. Lee, we'll just put that one on the side. My argument, not even going to touch it. Quite frankly, is that the Dark Knight could have easily been nominated for either the Reader or Frost versus Nixon. Yeah. Now, again, I didn't see the Reader, so I won't break into it. I but never Frost it. Nixon, I don't really want to watch it. But Frost Nixon, I did watch, and basically these are my notes. How is this movie nominated for Best Picture? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like I can do intellectual movies and dialogue-heavy movies, but this shit was boring, dude. Yeah. It really was. Like, don't get me wrong. Langella was great as Nixon, and that's undeniable. He won the award for Best Actor. Like, he was good. But the movie was still boring. And, like, I don't think anyone, anyone else no, in he didn't win. he didn't win Best Actor. He was nominated. Uh, Sean Penn won for Milk that year. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Thank God. I was wrong on that. Okay, yeah. very good. Then that's even... That's fine. I, I can totally with that. I mean, it was okay. Like, it was... It was a play, think, right? I, that's one thing it, I was going to say. It's based exactly. off a play. I, I didn't think anyone else stood out of that movie, but... but other than Frank Langella. It was a play. Exactly. Scope of film is Frost watching Nixon resign, then a couple of years later, I don't see exactly what happens in those years, but literally finding financing for and recording interviews. Like, that's the film. It's not riveting in any way. Even the tension. 
say you are against Nixon or how his producers were worried that like Nixon was going to come off looking good, like that didn't hold me in the tension. You know what I'm saying? And to you, what you just said, it was based on a play. I could see it being a much better play. Now, yeah. I know that plays can come off good as movies. I just don't think that this one did. Even like, yeah. even when like Nixon delivers his infamous, it, it's not illegal if the president does it, if yeah. a president does it, even yeah. there, it wasn't nearly as like Debo as I expected it, was like, it to be. It was an iconic moment that was turned into a movie based on this iconic moment. And it, to me, it just, like, like you said, it was just two guys having a conversation, right? It would be like, like if, uh, the movie of episode nine, The Dark Knight, got turned into you were <laughs> the, the podcast episode nine. Us two talking got turned into a into a movie. That's my next note. Look, isn't so, the Oscars always trying to tell me that setting up a movie about some shit's tight? Like you're telling me that setting up a movie about an interview is the best picture, or in the past you're trying to tell me setting up a movie about a web page is supposed to be some fantastic movie. Yeah. Or and I even like Lincoln, but essentially that movie is about passing a law. Like. Yeah. I will grant you Daniel Day-Lewis was amazing and he carried that movie but like that's what I can't tolerate is I'm trying to tell me was really good and this is what I felt about Rock vs. Nixon I do want to hail the film Milk by the way I had never seen it that was a really good movie yeah I don't think that Dark Knight should try to remove that movie no like, I think we've kind of we've kind of focused in on our on, a, on who we're going to eliminate I just want to make sure that, that people should watch Milk because I thought it was oh, really good like, watch all of the movies essentially I'll tell you what in the very beginning they tell you that Harvey Milk dies and by the end of it you're still kind of like hoping that he doesn't get shot like when you talk yeah, about watching I mean, the movie, watching old sports and cheering when Sean Penn's about to get killed I'm like oh no please don't do it and I, I, I knew it was happening you know what I mean they yeah. still got him so like as I say, was it the Joker? That guy? <laughs> no, it was not the Joker. Some but other, like some other douche. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. Like I feel like at the very least, Frost versus Nixon should not. I mean, I, I can't say it should have been nominated, but I think that the Dark Knight should be nominated ahead of that movie for sure. Yes. And the controversy is that the Reader was the last one that got nominated, and so like people are surprised that that movie was the one that was nominated. Yeah. The Dark only Knight. thing I really know about the Reader uh, is that it. Well, I know Kate Winslet won Best Actress, Actress so um, it's obviously pretty good. And it had a, it's got a sixty percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not very good. No. So we, I mean, we also know that it, that's the that's Weinstein's not as indicative of its quality. I mean, there are movies that I really like that are I don't live and die by Rotten Tomatoes, but it does give you an some from time to time it gives you an accurate portrayal from of people. Of, so everybody's of watching what the movie will be like. Yeah. And so, like, like I say. From what I know about the reader and what I know about Mr. Weinstein, like that's what they do is go get Academy Awards. So like I kinda like have no real interest in them. You know what I mean? Like I could totally live with Dark Knight being nominated for either two of those movies. Like yeah. I'm not sure where you stand, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty clear on what like I think is gonna happen in this in this alternative history. I feel like this movie definitely deserved an alternative history. Like I, I don't think, care. I think that we're I think we're moving in the same direction here. I think we're both um pretty sure that it gets nominated and Frost Nixon is the is takes takes one for the team exactly because it's just it was good but it wasn't that good to the sidelines no yeah I agree agree. so there you have it The Dark Knight 2009 Best Picture Oscar nominee whether or not it could win Best Picture I mean that's another conversation we're just taking it we're taking it right right to the finish line we're not quite crossing (laughs) it 
So yeah, that's uh, how do they get how do they get hold of us. That's the oh yeah. So if you want to email us and tell us how awesome we are or are not, well, if we're full of shit, full of shit as Rod says, or if my voice, if you want to tell me how handsome my voice sounds, or that we have the faces for radio. <laughs> Alternative History Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at Alt History PC. Be sure to either go to our website and subscribe to the RSS feed, Google Play. Subscribe on Google Play. Subscribe on Google Play. Please comment on, yep. on iTunes. iTunes, yeah. All Please comment. A lot. It doesn't matter what it says. Just say something. Like, we just need ratings. Please. If you want to you know, say Rod is the Antichrist and Brian is the antidote <laughs> to the Antichrist, and he's obviously witty and funny. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Sorry, Rob. All right, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. So uh, that is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.